Welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 33, and if you counted all of them, it's 133. I'm Craig. My name is Britt. And we're back again, Britt, for another... A lot of threes. A lot of threes, man. A lot of threes. Season 3, 33, Episode 133. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, holy crap. It's a lot of threes. It is. It is. So uh, before we get into anything tonight, um, you know, for those who don't recognize us on a regular basis, we record particularly during the offseason on Wednesday nights, and we are just learning in the last uh, two hours of a situation out in Milwaukee um, of an active shooter at uh, the Molson Coors facility out there. Uh, We're not going to go too much into it. Uh, There's still conflicting reports. Um, I have seen three different articles, one that says five people are dead, one that says that six are dead, one says seven are dead. So uh, just uh, because we are, beer is so near and dear to our hearts, even though we're not supporters of like, um, I guess mainstream is the word, or industrial beer like Molson Coors, it's still, you know, it hits home when anything like this happens. And when it hit, hits home on something that you're passionate about, like we're passionate about beer, it's worth mentioning. So our thoughts and prayers go out to the folks in Milwaukee tonight. We hope that the reports are not as bad as they seem. When there's conflicting reports like this, you always hope for the best when all comes uh, out in the end. So our uh, our thoughts to those in, in Milwaukee tonight, and hopefully this ends up to be okay. So that being said, let's start where we always start. <laughs> I know, it's a somber thing. But I you, know. We, we care too much about the freaking beer industry to not we do. say something. We had to say something, and I don't think people realize how much stuff uh, Molson Coors owns. It was an article today. Like how many so, brands they own. Well, they, I'm sorry. There's an article this week. So I'm a member of the Connecticut Beer Drinkers um, group on Facebook, and they oh, people That's just post. Thing? Oh yeah, you're not in this. No. Oh, I get you. I feel I'll left out now. It, all right. So so full disclosure. It's a lot of hipsters showing you beer that they have that you can't. Right. Um, right. A lot of cans next to glasses saying, this is what I'm drinking on Friday night. What are you drinking? I mean, we do that in text messages anyways. But but we do that to ourselves. We're not going out on social media and saying, look, jackasses, I have a beer from Michigan that only 12 cans were made. We're not like that. No, no. We would put that on the podcast. (laughs) But it's it's mainly – it's a lot of arguing. Um, right now, the, the most common argument is IPAs versus stouts, because with the winter starting to peter off here very slowly here in New England, stout weather ends, in theory. And in theory. people are like, no, it's always stout season. So those are the kinds of arguments that develop there. Um, but they, they somebody put up a, a, a post like, these are all the brands that you think you're drinking craft beer, but are actually owned by major conglomerates. Yes. Stuff like Goose Island which is a part of Anheuser-Busch. Um, Shock uh, Top yep. is made by one of them. Molson uh, Magic- Coors owns uh, Blue Moon. Blue Moon. Uh, Magic Hat, I had no idea, was privately owned at this point. Got bought out like a year or two ago. So they put out this list like, you know, you're not you're not really drinking craft beer if you drink any of these beers. But even with that, we you know, we respect that the, the beer industry is, is a, a brotherhood and we hope everybody's okay out there in Wisconsin. To that end... I what Craig? What are you drinking? 
Uh, so today I had some dental work done, so my mouth's a little off. So, you sound fine, though. I gotta tell you, thank you, you sound okay. Thank you. I have, I have to go back in a couple weeks, and then I should be good. But uh, I didn't want to like spill beer anywhere, so right now I'm drinking uh, iced tea made by Steez. Okay, so here's what you do. Yeah. You're in your own home, right? Yep. Is is your is your wife slash our producer home? Yes. And the cats are there. Yes. That's it. Okay, so you go down to the you go down to the kitchen. Yeah. You go into the fridge mm-hmm. and you get a can of beer. Right. You then reach into the drawer and get a straw. <laughs> you don't have to worry about embarrassing yourself that you're drinking you beer know, through a straw because I the don't cat... think I've ever drink beer with a straw. Because no one does. But in this case, emergencies call for emergency <laughs> action. You make in a this valid case, point. I'm just saying, <laughs> nobody would know. You could very easily just mute the mic, take a sip, and turn the mic back on, and no one would know. That is so, good to know well, for future reference. <laughs> I am drinking a beer called Turbo Love Juice. Oh, dear. By Labyrinth. Labyrinth is somewhere local. Hold on. I'm trying to read the can. Don't spill uh, it. Uh, it's on here somewhere. Manchester, Connecticut. Manchester, so about an hour from here. Manchester is just outside of uh, stores, which quick, is my alma mater. Quick aside, do you, do you yeah. realize this area, like the tri-state area, yeah, is one of the only few places that measures distance and time? Oh, yeah. Like, how far away is that town? I don't know, 20 minutes? Yeah, we do that all <laughs> the time here in the Northeast. All the time. I think it's because we're in smaller states. Yeah, it's yeah. true, and there's a lot of traffic. So Think about it. Take out the southern three states in New England, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. Lump them all into one landmass, and we would fit inside like four other states. It's a valid point. Without without altering our borders. I'm not saying like just a total like get, get, make a ball out of our, our mileage. No, I'm just saying pick up that shape. We'd fit inside Texas. Oh, well, a lot of things would fit inside Texas. Alaska. Alaska, probably Virginia. Probably Montana. Nevada. Anywhere west, it definitely would fit. We'd probably even yeah. fit in Maine. So you know what? It's it. That's because of our shape and our our, our closeness. So. Oh, uh, so I, go I, on. I, yes. All right. So um. So the so the story behind this this beer, Turbo Love Juice, which I actually like a great deal. It's an IPA. Um. Let me tell you the description on it real quick. It is inspired by one of our favorite metal gods. It's dry hopped with Citra, Cascade, and Laurel hops. The tropical blast has restrained bitterness, restrained bitterness, creamy mouthfeel, and hints of pineapple and orange. I absolutely get the citrus in this beer. Ooh. I don't think it's creamy. I don't think it's creamy. I think you would like this. I don't think you would love this. I think over the last couple years, I've gotten to understand a little bit about what you like in beer. But, yeah, I'm going to have to get you to try this. I'll try So, it. So <laughs> last Friday, I'm like, I said to my wife, I got to stop and get a beer. So we stopped at Total Wine and Liquor in uh, in Milford, and that's yep. the place with the secret cooler. Right, the secret so, door. Yes, and by secret we mean no one else reads the sign that says "self service cooler, walk in," and that's where they hide the stuff that they can't get a tough a ton of. A couple weeks ago, I found Ice Cream Man, which if you're from Connecticut, you know that's a hard to find beer. Um, it, it's it's there. So I always go in and I beeline for the secret cooler. So we're walking in. The secret cooler is all the way in the far back corner. So we walk across the entire front of the store, and I pass an end cap full of beer by Labyrinth Brewing. 
And I'm like, I've heard that name before, but I don't think I've ever tried anything by them. Go into the cooler. Standard stuff. A ton of stuff by Beard, Craig. Really? Uh, eight days a week. Dogs <clears throat> and boats. Um, I've dogs been seeing versus... their stuff a lot more lately. Yeah. Dogs versus Shinobi was sitting there. Sip of Sunshine was sitting there. A lot of stuff. Oh, they had Captain's Daughter. I know you like nice. that uh, by Captain Lawrence. So I'm looking around, and I notice on the shelf is Turbo Love Juice. And I'm like, an end cap of it, and it's in the secret cooler. I wonder. So I look it up on Untapped, because you know, if I'm if I'm ever trying to decide anything on, on the last last go, it's going to be based off Untapped. It's a 391 on Untapped. Mm-hmm. Okay. Four is Brit's must-try line. So 391 is close enough. Nothing else is grabbing me. I grab a four-pack. I'm carrying this four-pack under my arm. I meet my wife, and we walk back to the front of the store, and we're just passing the end cap where all the different labyrinth stuff is sitting. And as we're walking by, this guy who can't be 30 years old, no chance he's 30 years old, and his girlfriend, who I'm assuming is girlfriend because he's holding her hand, are walking the other way, and they stop, and she goes, ooh, labyrinth brewing. And the dude goes, labyrinth they suck. Everything they do is terrible. Wow. And my wife stops and just looks at me with this shit-eating grin because she knows I'm holding something from Labyrinth. <laughs> and I look down and I go, oh. And I look at her and I look at the beer and I look at her and I look back and the douchebag has already walked past. And she goes, you're rethinking buying that beer, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, I bought it. And it absolutely was worth the buy. It was not. It was It was a reasonably priced four-pack. I'm pleased with it. I got to bring Good. a can to you. But the whole ride home, I'm like, God, if this beer sucks, I'm going to feel so stupid. Well, listen, we had we had a couple bad, not great beers at the Super Bowl. So We had that one uh, over the handlebars by Long Trail. And I'm not a huge Long Trail fan. But I looked back at my comment because we drank a lot of beer at the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. <laughs> I had to look back just to make sure it was what I thought it was. And my comment on Untapped simply read, "This made this beer made me wish I was dead." And so that's that's a pretty strong negative review from me. I think I gave it a two and a half, and that's rare. There's only one beer I have ever tasted that got less than two points out of uh, five on Untapped, and that was Bud Light. Everything else I've tapped, I've tasted at least gets a two. So a 2.5 is not an endorsement. Anything under three is a stay away from. So, and and that's how I use Untapped. I have yeah, most had this beers, conversation again on the. Yeah, I was gonna say most beers fall between three and four point two five. For me, the average beer, and you can look on this on Untapped. It'll show you your um, distribution of scores. Most of my beers are between three and a half and a four. Still to this day, only one beer has ever merited a five. <laughs> Holidale. That's right. Only only beer that will ever merit a five. There's been there's been four seven fives along the way. What did I have? I had a double sip of sunshine at gathering at the Bines last year, and that was a four seven five. Oh my god, I could have just stood there and drank that all day. Thank God I didn't. But that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Probably. All right, yeah, my average uh, rating is a three point nine. You know what? That that sounds high. If you would ask me to guess, I would have put you at like three six, three five. But that's fair. I think part that's of it fair. is because I've had beers I really like more than once. Oh, so it counts it again. Yeah. 
unless you yeah. change the rating. That right. blows my mind. <clears throat> I have friends who I have seen drink the same beer three times in a month. Okay. Okay. And it'll be a 4.5 the first time, a 4.25 the second time, and a 4.0 the third time. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, I get it year to year, it changes. Because or even cycle to cycle, something you get pick up in March might not be the same in the fall. I get that. You drank it three times this month. The rating kept changing. That says to me you're just moody when you rate your beer. So, but I, I do love Untapped just because I can keep track of what I've had. And you know, Craig brought up the beers that we didn't like at the Super Bowl, and our dear friend Cinch um, wrote us the other day and was like, "Yeah, I poured down the rest of that beer right down the drain. I just couldn't finish it." And we were like, what beer? And he was like, I don't remember the name of it. The bad one we had, the Super Bowl. And I went to Untapped and I looked it up. And, you know, nothing against Long Trail. I'm sure you guys are lovely people. I haven't not had a single one of your beers I've liked. Just haven't. haven't it happens. And, you know, we're getting another brewery uh, locally. But it's going to be Who's lagers. That? So I don't know if you're going to yeah, like I'm that. I'm not looking forward to it. So there's a brewery opening Deb will in like downtown. Hi, Deb. Yeah, hi, Deb. Actually, Deb is going to be able to walk to it. Oh, that's that's dangerous. <laughs> That's dangerous. Should we play any intervention now? <laughs> we may have to. Let's have it there. We'll do it. We'll broadcast from there. We can do Hello, that. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to Deb's intervention. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm not a lager guy. I'm much more of an IPA guy. I, I think that's why they're doing lagers because, you know, every brewery on here is I, mostly IPA based. 90% so. are IPA, like eight. the other 8% are stouts, and there's 2% that aren't sure what the hell they're doing anymore. Right. You know, I mean, if I say to you, pick one beer that you think of when I say Stony Creek Brewing, what comes to your mind right away? Ooh, it's a tie between Stony Joe and Double Ruffled. So Double Ruffled is an IPA, mm-hmm. and Stony Joe is a stout. Yep. They have dozens of different beers. They keep like three lagers on tap at all times. They have a Mexican lager that has rave reviews. No, oh yeah. It's <laughs> not my thing, so I've never. I I've tried it once. I tried it when it first came out at their brewery. Their brewery's nice. We need to go up there during the summer. Um, but yeah, so anyway, moving on. I spent 15 minutes on beer. Let's move on. Let's That's talk fine. some football. Um, let's talk some uh, burning hot takes. Given or receiving, Craig, what do you got? Um, I'll receive. Okay. So let's start with the big talking point this week, the CBA. Today, in a split vote, the player representatives – uh, voted to push the uh, current CBA that's on the table to the general membership. The vote was 17 to 14 to 1. The people who voted in the 14, I'm going to name two of them because they're the ones that are all over the media, Aaron Rodgers and Roger Sherman, both came out and talked about why they didn't like the CBA. Before, and, uh, and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, I have not seen his comments yet. So, okay, so that's fair. I... So this is going to go to the general membership. Now, good news for us. There was a poison pill in this that if they don't have an agreement by the time the league year starts, the agreement automatically extends through 2021 or to 2021. Their current one. Yes. So while you and I have been sitting there going, oh, my God, we hope there's football next year. It turns out they had written this poison pill in that if they don't accept this deal, the current deal will go one more year. So we are not at risk of a work stoppage unless the players decide to be jerks and strike. Right. Which we, I don't That's think good. is going to happen. 
Craig, what is your thoughts on this? Is this CBA going to pass? Have you looked at it? What are your impressions? Uh, Here's what I'm getting out of it. It seems that all of the – now, here's the thing. There's a lot of players in the NFL. Yeah, there's a fair few. There's only a handful that people who don't follow NFL know who they are. Yeah. And it seems that those are the people that are openly against this CBA. Yeah. And part of it is A, the extra game, and B, the salary that they get for that extra game. So, yeah, so let's talk about the yeah, salary. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So they're talking about adding a 17th game to the schedule. There is a clause in this CBA that the 17th game check could not exceed $250,000 for individuals under a current deal. That means that anybody who's got a contract of $4.25 million a year or more would lose money on that 17th game. Their check would still be the normal for the first 16, but then that 17th check would only be $250,000. But it only would affect individuals under a current contract and individuals who made more than $4.25 million per year. Everybody else would be extended normally. So your guys at league minimum – your guys on special teams who are just trying to hold on to a team or guys who are signed, those guys would get a normal extra check. So it's kind of a complex situation, and that whole math thing goes away when you sign a new deal. So, all right, so go back to you. Right, so here, so what, what's starting to happen, there's starting to be a kind of a split between players, players who do make more than, you know, the $4.5 million that are, yeah. already have a contract, which and is a players who percentage than you might think. Right. And players who do not. Like right. the backup punter. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have a huge contract. And I think right. what's happening is the players who are making a lot of money are the ones saying we don't like this. Now, again, I can't really argue with them because A, they do get a lot of money. And mm-hmm. B, it's another full game that they're putting their body through where they could get hurt. That seems to be the biggest issue, yes. So what ha- what I think is going to happen is they're just going to let this deal die and worry about it next year. So just to give you an, ex- an idea of the guy, I, I just pulled up, and-, and Cinch, thank you, Cinch, for this. He turned us on to a website called Over the Cap, and Over the Cap monitors every team's cap liabilities, what their salary is, what their prorated is, what their roster bonus is, all of this, and not only that, but how it affects the cap, because we all know the cap isn't simply you make $20 million a year, you get $20 million against a cap. It gets changed, money up front. Some of Basically, if you like football and math, this you'll this love your this son. website. <laughs> so I'm looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm looking at their salaries right now. And I'm just going to go based off a cap number because it's easier. There's 57 players right now on the roster. Take a guess how many players make more than 4.25. 57 players? Yes. Uh, who make more than 4.25? Who, who would be lose money in this prorated? They would make I'm more I'm going to go... I want to go with 12. 14. Hmm. 14. Approximately, what is that, 20%? Yeah. Right about 20%. Most players aren't going to be affected by that prorated check. Most players aren't. End of story. And by the way, one of those guys I think is our kicker. Oh, no, Bucker makes 3.1. Okay, never mind. (laughs) 
most of these guys aren't going to be affected by this change. So it's, you know, you got to you got to keep that in mind. What I'm hearing from guys like Aaron Rodgers and stuff is, is that whole 17th game thing. First off, there were two big things that Rodgers stuck up for about his players. He's and he said he talked to the guys. He said, I didn't just make this decision. I called my teammates. Two big things stuck out. They didn't really do enough to address player health. That was one. And then on top of that, they added the 17th game and took away the bye week for the second seed in each conference. Oh, I didn't see that. Yes. They want to add another team to the playoffs. So seven teams from each conference would make the playoffs, which means wild card weekend would feature three games in each conference. Wow. We're getting like hockey. Yes. (laughs) And then that would leave three teams plus the guy on by. So there'd be four teams on divisional weekend. It would proceed as normal. But Aaron Rodgers was like, if that were the case this year, we wouldn't have had a week off. We would have had to play 17 games and then three straight just to make it to the Super Bowl. We'd have to play 20 games before we stepped on the field for the Super Bowl. That's a lot. It feels like an awful lot. So you want that as the owners. Okay. But then you need to address the health stuff. And that's his whole point. I'm sitting there saying, well, they're, they're increasing our workload. They must be increasing our health stuff. And they weren't. They weren't They weren't doing the stuff that he wanted to see happen. So I, here's my thing. We can't shoot the golden goose right now. We can't. The NFL cannot afford a work stoppage for a couple of reasons. Number one, does anybody else remember how popular the NHL was before its last work stoppage? It had passed the NBA in viewership. People were watching it. Fox was broadcasting games on Saturday nights. And then the work stoppage came and it never recovered. The NHL went back to being the number four sport in America, at best, number four sport in America. And it just never recovered. That's number one. Number two, Vince McMahon is sitting in a darkened room somewhere (laughs) in front of a fireplace with a glass of brandy. And a cat. And a cat. And while he's swirling the brandy and petting the cat, he's going, yes argue about your revenues yes because he wants the xfl to succeed and the xfl has gotten a lot more press than the american league did, the american football whatever it was that lasted all of three weeks did yep it's getting more press the reviews are better i still refuse to watch it but it's doing better it's a it's a legitimate contender and threat to the nfl they have to be ready for yeah because i've seen a lot of players I you know on Twitter and social media telling their teammates to go talk to the XFL mm-hmm. if the NFL doesn't want to, you know, give them what they want. And, and the XFL got its death knell this week. Johnny Manziel tweeted about him. Oh, God. Yep, and then deleted the tweet like an hour later. No. <laughs> His agent must have called him and went, are you nuts? <laughs> so, all right, so there's, so there's, there's your cap update slash Brit's first question. Craig, what have you got for me? Uh, so my question is, in the combine, uh, apparently, uh, Mr. Tug got they have MRIs at combines. I guess I'm not sure how that worked, but all his tests came back clear. His hip fracture has healed. There's no uh, blood flow loss to that area of his body, so he's on he's on track to make a full recovery. If you're the if you're the, one of the NFL teams that has I don't know let's say the top you know, six picks, mm-hmm. and you need a quarterback, do you 
now take his his diagnosis seriously and consider him, or do you kind of go with whatever you were planning on going with? And I'm gonna apologize. You cut out of my headphones for a second there. We, we're talking about Tua, right? Yes. Okay. Um. I don't know. I don't know enough about college to make a definitive opinion on this, but everything I've seen from the kid, he's a real talent. But injuries can change everything. So how high? How high are we asking? Top four, we said. Say you're in the because there's basically three top quarterbacks. This yeah. year, so I'm going to say if you're in the top six, yeah, I can see him going in the first six quarterbacks. Yes, I can. I can definitely see that because don't forget, first six quarterbacks, you're probably into the third round, maybe late second. I'd be shocked if six went bef- in, in the first two rounds. Well, that's not really true. <sighs> maybe um, I would not draft him early. That would be a one of those situations where I would look elsewhere. But if I looked up at the end of the second or beginning of the third round and quarterback was something that I didn't need, but need to plan for the future <coughs> green Bay. Um, it might be something I would think about. See, we're, we're and, and I've said this a couple of weeks ago, we're reaching the end of another golden age of quarterbacks. A lot of our big names are getting old. Eli's retired. Phil rivers is moving and he probably only has two or three years left. Aaron Rodgers, who knows drew Brees, Tom Brady, a lot of these big names are starting to fade out. Eventually, somebody who is not a first-round pick is going to rise. Much like Brady got his opportunity when Bledsoe got hurt and ended up running the league for 20 years, somebody's going to rise there. Somebody is going to take a shot on Tua in the second or third round. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. He's a top. He's one of the six best quarterbacks in the draft. That's what do you fair. think? No, I can see, ah, because now people are people are saying that you know the Bengals should take Tua, but I really think they should just stick with Burrow. Uh, but I can definitely see the Dolphins going after Tua. He's there's no way he's one of the the, the two best quarterbacks in the league. There's in this draft. There's at least three, and that that comes from a guy who barely watches college. The kid from Oregon, uh, Hubert, uh, Justin. Yep, uh, yeah, I, I, I got to put him and I got to put um, Burrow ahead of him at least. And that's without me having anything in front of me. So, you know, yeah. I, I, so I'm we'll going to say no. There's, I can't see the Kansas. I can't see Kansas. I can't see the Cincinnati Bengals going after Tua. I just can't. So, all right. Third question. Mike McCarthy. By the way, do you, you remember that Mike McCarthy is the coach of the Dallas Cowboys now? I gotta right, remind myself is. that periodically. That he is. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta remind myself. Mike McCarthy has said that he thinks Dak Prescott can do for the Dallas Cowboys what Aaron Rodgers did for Green Bay Packers. "Quote: uh... I think number one, you just look at what he's done during his time in the league. I think he's been impressive. I've been impressed with him since the first time I saw him playing live up in Green Bay when they came to Lambeau there." First impressions, I think, are very important when you see quarterbacks in the field because in-person evaluations, particularly at that position, have always carried more weight as far as how I felt about a player. So I think he's gotten off to a great start. He's built a really good foundation. I'm told he's a tremendous leader. End quote. Craig. What, <laughs> yes. What you, just just brutal impression of what I just read you. What, what's your first thought when you hear that? Uh, he's not a bad quarterback he's not Aaron Rodgers 
he needs people around him that can catch. Yeah. That's that's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, you know, I he I guess you can put say he's the same type of quarterback Rodgers is. So they should they should mix well together. Mm-hmm. But I just think the Cowboys need a lot of receiving help for him to get to that level. All right, so here's And me. he doesn't even have a contract yet, so Well, that's where he's going with this. Supposedly this is his endorsement to get this contract done. Number 1. Comments like this aren't made without Jerry Jones' express approval. He might as well have said, I think, number one, you just look at what he's done for Jerry Jones' Cowboys during this (laughs) time at league. I think he's been impressive for Jerry Jones' Cowboys. I've been impressed ever since the first time I saw him, even though I now play for Jerry Jones. (laughs) It could have been. This statement doesn't feel genuine, and I'm reading it. I'm not seeing it said. I was impressed with him in Green Bay. That was 2016. We're four years later. He hasn't really done anything. Uh, In-person evaluations have always carried more weight. Really? Have they? Because you had a lot of trouble with Aaron Rodgers, and all he did for you was win. That's a valid point. I think he's gotten off to a great start. Really? They could not win the easiest division in football. What what division was easier to win this year than the NFC East? Seriously, the Philadelphia Eagles won that division. And that's scary. Scary. I, <laughs> he's built a really good foundation. I'm told he's a tremendous leader. You're told? You haven't met with him yet? Seriously? This, to me, is... It's almost like the kiss of death when an owner says, this guy is our guy. This does not carry any weight with me, and it scares the hell out of me. So if the Cowboys – don't be shocked if the Cowboys work out a contract extension as soon as the year opens and then draft a quarterback in the draft. Don't be be super shocked. I don't think they'll do it, but I won't be shocked. There's a great example. If Tua is sitting there in the third round, Jerry Jones might pull the trigger. He might. He might pull the trigger. So, yep. oh, I don't that, know. Ju- that quote drove me nuts. So, all right, oh, on to our this, meet uh, this I just saw, not that, that it matters a lot. The Lions, um, Danny Amendola gets a one-year deal worth $5 million. Really? Uh, $3 million if they make it to the Super Bowl. $1.5 million base. 500k in per game RBs. I'm not sure what RB stands for. I thought the RBs were running backs. Me too. Reps, maybe? Maybe. So wait, wait. The base deals 1.5, and the signing bonus must the signing bonus must be huge. That if it's getting up to five, unless they're counting the Super Bowl. Bonuses, I think they're counting they the don't. Super Bowl. You typically don't when you sign a contract. That's like incentive money that you can make. Okay, I'm sorry. How much is the bonus to make the Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, three. That's not enough. <laughs> this is the Detroit Lions. <laughs> this is a team that is so bad, historically, not even recently, historically bad, that this week, when the XFL put out on Twitter, what city would you like to see get a team next, someone responded, Detroit has not has needed a pro team since the 50s. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's how sad. historically bad they are. 
they have had one franchise player, one, and that was Sanders in my he lifetime. Retired. No, Megatron was not a franchise player. No, stop it. No, stop. <laughs> Megatron was not a franchise player. He wasn't. If he's a franchise player, then so is AB, and we all know that's not true. Oh, well, good for him that he's still alive. I, Amendola gets hurt so often. He he's so concussion prone. I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but it feels like he's had at least one a year for like the last four years, and I think it's probably actually more like two a year. Really? I feel like it. I feel like he's constantly hurt and he's constantly getting concussion evaled. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Well, good for him. He's still in the league. He plays for a terrible team. So breaking news from Craig. <laughs> All right, on to our main story, because believe it or not, we've used more than half our time talking about beer and, and uh, the cap situation and stuff. So we want to talk about the AFC North. So, again, for those of you who have not been following along, on Super Bowl Sunday, before we went to the Super Bowl, a production meeting was held between myself, Craig, and Cinch, in which we talked about what each team needs to do during the offseason. So this information comes from Super Bowl Sunday. We did the AFC East last week. Let's do the AFC North. And again, we did this at a brewery, so forgive my notes. <laughs> Baltimore. Here's what I have written. Yep. The maturity and longevity of Lamar Jackson. Will Justice, fi Justice Hill finally emerge? Can you repeat that success? So let's start there. Lamar Jackson. Can he continue to do what he did this year? We all saw a drop-off this year from Patrick Mahomes. I think, I think when you bust into the league and you have success and things go well, it's great. And then there's tape on you and people have time to sit. I think I don't think Patrick Mahomes got bad this year. He did deal with some injury. There's no question about that. But he didn't throw he didn't fail to throw fifty touchdowns because he's bad or because of his injury. It's more about the tape now exists on what you're gonna do with this person. If that is the case, do we expect regression towards the mean from Lamar Jackson in twenty twenty? Uh he's I think he, what's going to happen is he's going to do the same thing that he did this year. Plays are going to break down, and then they're just going to rely on his raw talent to get him out of whatever situation he's in on that play. But that's not always a recipe for success. We right, saw that that's fail gonna, against Tennessee. Yeah, and Tennessee, their defense was really good at containing him, and then it kind of just broke his whole rhythm. The Tennessee playoff defensive scheme was very simple. Disrupt Lamar, contain Lamar. That was it. That was the, the base idea behind their defense in that game. And, man, did it work. Yeah, and now every other team that has to play them are going to watch that game and see what happened. Now, what about the running back situation? Justice Hill, is he finally going to get some reps? Are they going to lean on Mark Ingram? What are they going to do this year? Is this, is this an area we need to address, fantasy-wise? Hmm. I don't know. I, I think Mark Ingram works better in tandem with someone. I agree. I don't know if Justice Hill is that someone. I mean, maybe we'll know by like week three when the season starts, but yep. I don't think Ingram's at the stage in his career where he can be a featured back and, you know. He's not carrying the ball 20 times a game. Right. He's not getting 20 touches a game. It's just not going to happen. Just not going to happen. So yeah, I think I think Justice Hill, Justice Hills, he came out with a lot of hope, and he didn't live up to any of the expectations. And there was a lot of people, myself included, who were waiting for him to take over the role, 
kind of in the way that Devin Singletary eventually took over the role in Buffalo, mm-hmm. and it just never happened. So I don't think he's – I think he's got a short leash. He's got like a year or two to really define himself before people are going to be like, all right, he's not going to make it happen. So can they repeat their success? Can they be the one seed again in 2020? Uh, maybe. I really – I'm honestly unsure about that. I'm going to go with no, and again, this is all very early. We're talking in February here, folks. I'm going to go with no because I think there's tape on them now. People know what to expect from them now. I think also, no offense to your Bengals, but they played in an easy division this year. Pittsburgh had too many injuries to compete. Uh, Cleveland was not the Cleveland we expected, and Cincinnati was not the Cincinnati we expected. They basically took advantage of an easy division. They did in their division what the Cowboys could not do in the NFC East. So I don't expect nine, ten wins. That's where I'm going to put them in 2020. Nine to ten wins. They're not winning 12 games again. I'd be shocked if they won 12 games. All right, let's talk about Pittsburgh. All right. Pittsburgh's note very just very simply reads, will Ben return and be Ben? And what the hell do you do with Juju? So let's start with Ben. Is Ben Roethlisberger still able to be that quarterback? Can he lead this team? Can he carry it? Uh, with his injury history, I'm really uncertain. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I'm pulling up his stats because I just want to be clear about this. <laughs> 2019, two games. <laughs> 0-2 in those two games, just for the record. All right, I'm looking at... All right, so he started two games in 2019 before he got hurt. His worst season before that was 11 games in 2015, and that team still went to the playoffs. I'm looking at, like, his yardage totals, and they climb pretty much every year. Um, yeah, I mean, in 2014, he had 4,900... In 2018, he threw for over 5,000 yards. He threw for 34 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. That's not terrible, you know. I don't know, but Matt Stafford throws for 5,000 yards since he's been playing. Right, but here's the key thing you have to remember in those numbers. He had A.B. He did. And for a while, he had Le'Veon Bell. Right, and I don't think Juju's going to fill that role, and they clearly don't have anybody to fill the role of Le'Veon. They just don't. No, well, they have Benny Snell. Oh, I love Benny Snell. <laughs> He's just such a great story. I was kind of disappointed when I was kind of disappointed, but at the same time happy when they drafted him because I'm like, oh, he could really do good things there. He could he could replace Le'Veon Bell. Um, but let's let's remember, too, they started off the season 0-3 this year. And in retrospect, do you know who those three games were against? Who? They started at the Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champions. Then they hosted Seattle, playoff team. Then they went to San Francisco, Super Bowl team. True. Then they won against the Bengals. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> lost to the Ravens. Won against the Chargers. So they're by week. They're two and four, and all four of their losses are against teams that would eventually qualify for the playoffs. They don't have a loss against a team that qualifies for the playoffs until week 11 when they lose to the Browns in Cleveland to drop to five and five. Hmm. I did not realize that. Right. Now, at the end of the year, different story. 
They lose to the Jets in week 16, which I remember. Oh, my God. I remember that. Was I? No, I was not on the boat at that point. I was like, (laughs) I remember the Jets beating somebody. I'm being, holy crap. Did I just read that right? The Jets just beat somebody? Who was it that the Jets beat? I got to pull it up now because I remember being on my vacation and be, oh, it was the it was the, the Oakland Raiders. Oh, <laughs> the Jets beat the Oakland Raiders on November twenty fourth. I mean, wait, 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 what? That just happened. So, I, I think it's I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are less about Ben and more about the pieces around him. What do you think? Mm, I don't I don't know. I feel like their their offense has an identity crisis. But is that because of Ben or and, because of everybody else? I think it's a mix. Okay. I mean, maybe now that AB is is officially gone, you know, he's not harassing anyone over Twitter. I don't think, right now. No, he's uh, been very calm since he got out of jail. Very calm. He has I have been. to. I have to continue to believe that it's because he's gotten counseling. I think he had a lot of anger in him. I think he just did not like the way things went last year, and I think it really bothered him. And I think getting into counseling was what he needed. So yeah. So let's hope he stays there as long as he uh needs it yeah. if that's if that's what he's doing now do we think connor can step up and be an rb1 next year you know i think he's almost the same as ingram really oh I, I love i love mark ingram I'll, i won't take i won't accept that comparison i think mark ingram is a miles better <laughs> well, no connor. i mean i mean in the way that like he can't i can't see him being a feature back and getting 35 carries a game okay Okay. You know, that's I think fair. if they mix it up with Snell, I think that's the best would be the best option for them. Okay. Let's talk about Cleveland really quick. Their mindset. They've they're they're a mess. Yes, they, and people they... lost their job because they offended people at Baker Mayfield. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> We're not I'm not gonna talk about that. Let's just we'll we'll talk about that later when we have more information <laughs> on it. Yes, one of the broadcasters did get suspended. So do we think now that Freddie Kitchens is gone that there's going to be a change in this organization? Can uh, they be the Cleveland we thought they were going to be? No, because I think Baker's still going to do whatever he wants. I and agree. I think he's – if he doesn't get along with his coach, the same thing's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I just – I don't know. And I don't know what OBJ's doing. Nobody knows what OBJ – no one knows what Jarvis Landry's going to do. He, he doesn't is, sound very happy either. He doesn't. He hasn't said I want out, but he doesn't sound happy at all. So I, I think I think the honeymoon period for Baker Mayfield has ended. Um, I, I don't know. I, it just it seems to me like it's time to put up or shut up there. And they had again, they had another rough start. They played. They lost uh, before their bye week. They were two and four. And three of those four losses were to teams that would end up in the playoffs. And the fourth one was the Rams. And the Rams, as we know, were better earlier in the season. Yeah. So. And there's so, and I heard talk they're thinking about trading Njoku. Yeah, I don't know. He's got a lot of value because because the tight end market is so bad. But we'll see what happens there. Now, Cincy, I'm just going to turn the mic over to you. <laughs> and the real reason I want to turn the mic over to you is because I got to run to the bathroom anyway. So I'm going to let you just tell me what are the Cincinnati we... Bengals. Okay, I don't think you we came me. up with any questions. Uh, so um, th- well, hold on, let me yep, read. Yep. Mike Brown has to go to <laughs> Joe Burrow. That's all we have written down. I think that's so with all that, I ever say. With that, I turn that over to Craig and let him talk. Craig, the floor is yours. 
Uh, so yeah, anyone listening to this podcast knows that I am not a huge Mike Brown fan. I don't know a lot of Bengals fans. Actually, I honestly don't know a lot of Bengal fans. I have met some, <clears throat> most of which uh, don't live here, uh, who are not Mike Brown fans. I just think he's very set in his ways, which are, you know, you draft people, you kind of promote from within, and then what happens, you know, you do nothing in free agency, you don't make trades. Uh, so now, actually, it came out that the Bengals, you know, it's Andy Dalton times there as much as I liked him as a quarterback is is probably over. Uh, they're probably going to draft Joe Burrow, I hope. Uh, so I did hear that they were actually going to, you know, help him find another team, hopefully trade him. Oh, yeah, they're definitely going to trade him. Uh, hey, Britt's back. Yeah, I've been listening the whole time. Oh. <laughs> See, uh, so, so the two-second interruption is that yeah. – one of the benefits of being in the Frank Gore extension studio is that the bathroom is right next door to where I record. So I can just run like hell. And he luckily <laughs> muted his headset. Of course I did. But I keep the headset on. Wireless headset, man. Are the, I don't have to touch anything. It's like that, it's like that uh, Simpsons episode where Homer was mic'd and then they oh he, God. he left the stage and then went to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the whole arena could hear him. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Two seconds aside, I I don't know why it came up this week, but two classic epic Simpsons episodes came up. The first one being when the real Seymour Skinner comes back. Nice. Oh, you know why it came up? Because I was watching an MST3K episode, and one of the characters overemphasized the word torture. It was like, torture. And I remember at the end of that episode, the judge says no one can talk about the original Seymour Skinner under threat of torture. Oh. <laughs> and that linked in my head. But then do you know what the episode that was that was right after that in the broad- broadcast order? What? Homer versus the Sim- city of New York. Wow. The episode where his car gets taken by Barney because he has he goes nuts because he has to be a designated driver and ends up yep. parked in the World Trade Center. Yep. It's, it has a uh... – uh, what do you call it? A thing on the wheel, the wheel uh, lock, boot. the boot. Yes, it's a boot on the wheel, and he waits all day to try and get the boot off. And then when he finally has to use the bathroom, that's when the officer shows up and then <laughs> leaves before he can get back to the car. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Just a ten second di- distraction. We were talking yeah, about no, the it's fine. and Mike Brown, and yes, they need to tra- trade Andy Dalton. That's where you were at. They do. So, and I'm actually, if that's the case, you know, I'm actually happy for Andy Dalton because I like him as a player. Uh, And it would be good to see him, you know, play somewhere else. And he's probably going to be a bear. Sorry, Sean, you're not happy about that. No, no, No offense intended to Andy Dalton. He has always underperformed because I don't feel like he's ever really had exceptional coaching. I don't feel like one. You would know better than me. Who's what quarterback guru did he work under? Who who did help? Who helped him? Uh, let's see. Clearly wasn't it was um, Ken Anderson. Uh, Zampezi was there, I think. Uh, freaking Bill Lazor. Oh God, don't get me started about him. Uh, and then Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson is when he had his best season. Yeah, and that's you know that was uh what twenty sixteen. 16 or 15? Uh, he had better stats in 16. 
He had right, eight 16. touchdowns and eight interceptions to 4,200 yards. Here's the thing. I'm looking at his stats right now on pro football reference. Do you know he has never led the league in any statistical category ever? Huh. I did um, not know that. Because they bowled him. They bowled him. He's never led the league in yards or touchdowns or even the bad stuff like interceptions. But He actually <laughs> was leading the league in yardage before he got benched last season. <laughs> Was he really? Yeah. yeah. He had 3,494 yards. So basically 3,500 yards he had, and he only played 13 games. So I think it's very fair to assume that he would have gotten to 4,000 yards because he only needed another 503 games. I think that's a fair assumption that he could have averaged a little less than 200 yards. I mean, a bad game for right. most quarterbacks is under, and he was averaging 249 yards a game going into that game. So, you know, you, you margin that out he probably would have had his second or third best total now that being said i I sit here and i go oh he's never been great he's only been under three thousand yards once in his career and that was the year he only played 11 games in 2018 yeah and he broke it i think that was his thumb injury yeah that's the only time he's been under three thousand yards he is a consistent game manager and i know people hear that (laughs) but he's a game manager he could do very well in the right system. I just don't think Cincinnati has ever put the system around him. He was drafted by a defensive coach. Yes. And he played for a defensive coach forever. The defensive coach is finally like, eh, I think I'm done here, and leaves. And they bring in a guy who then benches him after 13 games. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I think they're going to draft Burrow and kind of go from there. I mean, don't forget, he's actually got a winning record as a quarterback. He does. He's 70, 61, and 2. Yeah. He he did not have a losing season until 2016 when they were 6-9-1. and one. And and that was the year he made the Pro Bowl. That was the year he threw for 4,200 yards. <laughs> so, you know, he's not a terrible quarterback. He just needs the right opportunity, I think, really. So do you think he's going to go somewhere and end up starting, or do you think he's going to end up going like the Bernie Kosar route? Uh, I think it depends on the team. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know what the Bears are doing with Trubisky. Sorry, Cinch. No one knows what Brady's doing, but I can see Andy Brady's Dalton. not going to Cincinnati. No, 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 no. I mean, Brady leaves New England. Andy Dalton goes to New England is what I mean. Andy I can see Dalton, that happening. No. Not with Philip Rivers floating out there. Rivers is a better choice. For who? For the for the Patriots. No, Rivers is probably going to go to Indiana. I, if the Patriots pick up the phone and call him, call him. He's going. To, well, somebody picks up the phone and says, to "If you, anyone picks up the phone, England? yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you're looking at, if you're you're sitting there saying, "All right, I'm getting old and I want to win one before I retire," particularly seeing as the guy who I was drafted alongside just retired and rode off into the sunset with two Super Bowl rings and he's not as good as I think I am you would you would want to go somewhere you're going to win and I think that's what Rivers is going to look for not to mention Rivers is so competitive he wants to shove it up the Chargers you know what he wants them to regret letting him go and the only way to do that is to go somewhere and win that's the only way to do that so and 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 if you've if you didn't know Philip Rivers is a, a competitive guy you haven't watched him on the sidelines he screams and yells constantly. Makes Brady look like a puppy dog in terms of how much he <laughs> yells on the sideline. So so that's our AFC North uh, recap for what we need. The AFC North is, a, for me, it's a complete 
coin toss. It's the NFC East. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's not as bad as the NFC East. No, 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 no. But it's, it's still a mess. mess. I mean, like we talked about the AFC North last last week. I'm relatively confident there's a 50% chance or better that either the Bills or the Patriots are going to win that division, in my opinion. I don't know what to say about the AFC North. Uh, Pittsburgh looks like it's – I'm not 100% sure that Pittsburgh's issues all come from from Ben. They might. I kind of think sometimes they do. But I, right now, the AFC, and, and I don't think the Ravens are going to be as good as they were. I'll give the Ravens a 30% chance to win, but I won't be shocked if some other team emerges in that division in 2020. Just won't. Yeah, I don't know because – you know, Joe Burrow could be the next Andrew Luck with Zach Taylor. I don't have no idea. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. We will find out. So we're out of time. Craig, final thoughts? Final thoughts? Um, I can't wait to try beer with a straw. Yes. <laughs> Are you going to go downstairs and get a straw? I might have to. <laughs> it, 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 it's not something you do in public, but you're in the comfort of your own home. Your wife is certainly not going to rat you out, and the cats are not going to rat you out. So... I think I think you're in, you're in good shape there. Um, my final thought is that I'm very excited. This Friday, Two Roads is releasing a new beer. Yes, right, it is. And I am very much looking forward to going and trying it. I forget the name of it. You sent it to me. It's like in the clouds or Cloud Nine or something like that. Uh, looking it up super quick. You sent it to the Kitty Patrol. We have so many text groups. I don't even know. Liquid. Liquids or cloud sourced, sorry, cloud sourced. It's going to be, it's a hazy, juicy IPA, which as we all know is where my interests lie. So are you working Friday afternoon? Sadly. Oh, I have to go without you. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm going after work. I'm going to go in and, and try this. Hey, I'll let you know. Two rows? Oh, two rows is at like 12, right? Yeah. They're open at noon. They close at nine. That's the entire time I'm working. That's. Are you seriously sad. working 12 to nine that day? Yeah. Wow, that could not have happened worse. <laughs> nope. That honestly could not have been worse. Nope. Well, nope, nope. it is going to be available in six packs, so I will pick you up some beer. Um, so if you don't have a chance to stop by there, I can bring you some down at the studio. But yeah, I'm very excited about that. I'll be looking forward to that. And I'll be looking forward to seeing if maybe they pass this um, CBA so that we can stop thinking about it and start working on next year. Man, how does it change fantasy football if they go to 17 games? Uh, seasons get longer. Yeah, and and you have to look at the injury aspect too. I mean, right now our league has two weeks of playoffs, so we only play fourteen games. We play the playoffs in fifteen and sixteen, and week seventeen is off. Would we play a fifteen or We'd have 14? to? Wait, we play fourteen, then fifteen, sixteen, seventeen is off. It would be eighteen weeks because of buys. So we would play a fifteen-game season and then two weeks of playoff. Oh my god. Yes. Oy vey. <laughs> oh, that's going to change the math on trying to figure out who goes to the playoffs every year. Oh, yeah, folks. In our in our league, we used to have a salary cap, and Britt was in charge of that. Oh, that was that was always fun. <laughs> you know, I, although to be fair, in all honesty, th- that was where I really learned how to start generating numbers and using Excel to its maximum capacity. Oh, well, that, see, there you go. It, it worked it, out it later gave birth to the metric that I was able to, to create formulas and pivot tables and all that fun stuff. So it worked out. So anyway, uh, until next week, we will be back. Leave us a review wherever you listen to us, reach out to us, uh, on Gmail. We are fignutsdfs at gmail.com. We are on, uh, Twitter at fignutsdfs. 
Uh, we love hearing from you folks. Um, believe it or not, the, the offseason now is in full swing. The uh, Combine, which we didn't even mention, started this week. Um, it, I, I don't like to talk about the Combine until it's over, but we will have all sorts of ideas that come out of the Combines. We'll talk about the guys who impressed, the guys who didn't. And believe it or not, we are less than two months from the NFL draft. That's we right. are already in that sweet spot where the NFL draft is sneaking up us on us and the league year starts next week, God willing. And oh, we're right back into it. That's so right. stick with us for <laughs> all the off season. It goes by quick. It really does. I mean, we love the off season because we get to drink more beer and talk about some non-football stuff a little bit. But the reality of it is there's always stuff to talk about in the NFL these days. There's always something going on. So we will cover it all for you in the upcoming weeks. But until then, thank you so much for listening. We already said hi to Deb. I always double-check myself on that at the end of the broadcast. Um, so we will talk to you guys next week. Until then, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. <laughs>